how he knew his passion and uniqueness at such a young age, how he defined success for himself and how it's different for everyone, how he's built both speed and trust in his workplace, how to build connection with any relationship, the importance of taking a leap of faith and so much more coming right up. This is episode number two, one, five with entrepreneur and real estate investor, Jazz Takar. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. I'm here because you wanna be the best version of yourself, but there are so many things that you need to do to get there. And because it's overwhelmingly complicated, it's easy to lose focus, it's easy to lose a sense of direction, and that's why so many people end up being less than who they could be. That's why I create videos, podcasts, and fitness programs to keep you on track to your best you. Make sure you go to nickcarrier.com to learn more. Today, I'm super pumped to bring you one of the most positively energetic individuals I know, Jazz Takar. Jazz Takar is an entrepreneur and founder of REC Canada, which is based out of Toronto. He built REC to the number one real estate firm under the Royal LePage umbrella in Canada. He's the host of the REC Experience podcast where he's had on Gary Vaynerchuk, Grant Cardone, Kevin Harrington, and many other names that you're probably familiar with. As you're listening, be sure to tag me and Jazz on Instagram at carrier underscore best you and at jazztakar13, which is J-A-S-T-A-K-H-A-R 13, to let us know you're listening. Before we get started, Monday mornings can be the bane of your existence. It can seem impossible to get motivated on a Monday morning, but not if you receive my Monday Motivation Trio 111 newsletter. Every Monday, I send out one motivational quote, one inspiring video, and one badass workout to get your week started off with a bang. Just go to nickcarrier.com slash 111-newsletter to get this in your inbox every Monday morning. Again, it's nickcarrier.com slash 111-newsletter. Without further ado, here's to getting closer to your best you with this super inspiring and positively energetic individual, Jazz Takar. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. I am super fired up today to have the one and only Jazz Takar with me today. Jazz, I just want to start off by saying thanks so much for spending the time with me today. I appreciate being here, Nick, man. I love uh, seeing that smile and I can hear the smile as well. Um, it's infectious. And so great, great job on all the content that you're putting out there. As a content creator myself, I know how hard it is. And so um, congratulations and kudos to you for putting out the effort and putting out and spreading so much positivity and optimism, especially at the time of this recording. Um, uh, not, not all the news is net, uh, positive. And so you're doing a great and fantastic job and just doing your part, man, uh, putting out a lot of uh, positive vibrations. So congratulations to you. Well, well, I appreciate it. You guys just got a, an awesome glimpse into what this episode is going to be like. And it's funny that you said uh, the smile thing because your smile is amazing, and I feel like right when you popped on the Zoom, you had your big smile on, and I was going to say the exact same thing. You guys are going to have this amazing positive uh, energy that you're going to get from this podcast and from this man right here. Uh, but to introduce you real quick, Jazz, uh, Jazz is an entrepreneur and founder of REC Canada based out of Toronto. Uh, he built REC to the number one real estate firm under the Royal LePage umbrella in Canada, and, uh, and he's the host of the REC Experience podcast where you've interviewed Gary Vee, Grant Cardone, Kevin Harrington, and, and many other amazing people. Uh, so I'm excited to get into a lot of that stuff. But to kind of start today, Jazz, I want to give everybody a little bit more context. And so you grew up in Toronto, and your yeah. parents are immigrants from India. Uh, and I also learned from your content that you went, maybe weren't the best student growing up. But I also learned that you kind of realized your passion relatively early on. 
And so with that being said, what was that passion and what gave you the confidence that I can go pursue that? Yeah. So like, and, and thanks for putting it lightly. I was probably a really bad, bad student. Um, and, and it came for me, I, 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 at the age of like 12, 13, I, I understood really quickly that I just didn't learn like that. Like I loved school. Like I liked being around people. I liked being kind of the class clown. Um, I didn't even mind being sent to the principal's office because it, I knew before meeting the principal or going into the vice principal's office, I had to probably sit with the secretaries for an hour and a half, two hours. And I was just like wanting, I guess, you know, I was charming them as much as I could and, and making them laugh and make, and, and, and making them smile. And so for me, at that age of 12, 13, I started to get, uh, you know, I started a paper, I, I had a, my first paper route. And, and I realized quickly that a lot of my friends, as they wanted the money, they wanted to work, but they were scared just to make a phone call to, to like the district manager to get a route. And so I would make the, I would make the call and get another route under my name and then start to kind of broker out the routes. And, and then I, I started to realize like, okay, wow, like people are just like, especially my circle, they're just like scared. They're, 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 they're insecure about making a phone call. They're not, they're not confident to, to, to hear a no. And so for me, it started at a very young age. And as I, as, as I went into my teens, I started working retail jobs, always in the sales and service kind of industry. Right. And then at 18, 19, I got, I got a job at a bank here. We have in Canada, we have six major banks. And so um, I got a job at one of the major banks as a sales, believe it or not, the title was sales and service specialist. Back then it wasn't online banking, it was telephone banking. And that's where I really honed in my skills because they had like a two, three month training on just like all things phone skills. Because you know, Nick would call into the bank and say, and say, can you pay a bill? And then my job was to get all that done for you, but then also offer you a mortgage, a line of credit, a credit card, whatever it was. And then I did that for two and a half, three years. Then I went into car sales and now I've been doing real estate for 15 years. So for me, it was almost like I was being pulled. I, I, I truly, truly, Nick, and I, I, and I hope the viewers and listeners kind of get this, that I really hit the lottery, man. Like I hit the lottery with my mom and dad um, coming to Canada um, and just coming into North America in general. So if anybody, you know, I'm, I'm sure most of your listeners are, um, you know, obviously you have a lot of listeners worldwide, but some of them are in 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 the states there. But like in India, it's tough, man. Like you, you, we, my parents were farmers back home, right? And so they came to Canada. That was. By far, I hit the lottery once we got here. Very multicultural country, but you have opportunity. And then the real lottery that I'm living in now is, is the fact that I was being pulled by this calling. And the calling was always connecting with people. Like what we're doing right now, I could do all day long. In fact, I have my own podcast, as you mentioned, Nick, and I do it for free. Like I don't get paid to do my podcast. You know, you're not paying me to do it. And I don't care. I just want to try to bring some type of level of awareness to one person that is listening. You know, 99.9% of people might say, I don't like the way this guy talks and he moves his hands and he's all over the place. But it's just that one person I'm hoping that is listening right now that understands that if they can just be self-aware and find out what that like find out what they're passionate about and then go all in on that 
and yeah. be okay with making mistakes. And so that's my calling, man. I want to touch as many people as I possibly can. And that's the legacy I want to leave. Yeah, well, you're damn good at it. I'll tell you that. You're really good at transferring energy. I'm sure in person with people, I can only, I'm meeting you here via Zoom and I'm already getting super energetic and my blood's flowing. I'm sure everybody listening uh, is as well. So you definitely have a, a calling there. But I want to kind of backtrack a little bit to, you know, you talked about when you were 12 and 13 and you started this paper route and other people who were your friends maybe were just scared to make the call or maybe scared to go knock on a door because they weren't sure how to interact with the person, but you didn't have that sort of fear. Do you felt like that was something that was kind of just you were born with, or was that something that maybe your parents instilled in you? But how did you get the confidence to go out there and put yourself out there? So big shout out to my two older brothers as well. Um, I say it a lot that that it's a healthy reminder that you're closer to the bottom than you are to the top when you have two older brothers uh, 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 protected me, uh, but also also uh, uh, didn't let me get too high on myself. Until this day, it's the same. We're very close and have a great relationship. Um, some things came out of necessity, Nick, like my father, for example, uh, grade seven, grade eight education, um, mother, grade four education. And so they also didn't speak the language really well. And because of their own insecurities, specifically uh, my mother, um, like never really learned the language. Like even till this day, my mom doesn't really know how to speak English. She knows some words, obviously the bad swear words that she's heard her three sons speak of uh, and, and say. But my father, like when we were going into McDonald's, for example, um, he wouldn't go to the line in order because he was a little like he just didn't know the language well and he was probably insecure about his his accent and so he would make me go and obviously as a you know seven year old I wanted to eat McDonald's and you can tell I still like it sometimes um but I I I I had to so my father would go you want something go order it and so even that something like something that small still rings like I still how I still get my kids to do things I have a six-year-old and a four-year-old my six-year-old more like I try not to order things from Uber Eats and stuff at home. I want them to pick up the phone and order the pizza because I think it's such a, a lost art now. And so because back then I had to go order the food, I started, you start to build up confidence. You start to, it's like going to the gym, right? Like the first time picking up the bar is so hard and it's so tough. Think like to let alone... To, to, to think that you're going to pick up a couple of plates or even a 45 plate, like, but you got to put in the reps. As you put in those reps, over time, the muscle will start to get stronger. But, and, and I'm what I want people to, to hear is the muscle in here, the brain, the most underutilized muscle we have. In fact, scientists have only figured out 10 to 15% of its capability. Right. And so that's all we're actually even really using most of the time. And so if you can put in the reps for your brain, making decisions, uh, 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 something as simple as, as as I mentioned, like just going to 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 order and picking up the phone over time, the more that you do it, the more confidence you get. See, confidence for me anyways, in my opinion, comes from experience. Yeah. You have to do it everyone was scared to do everything till they actually did it. Then yeah. it just becomes slightly easier. Yeah, no, and I think I think that's a huge lesson because I remember when I was young too, my parents making me like actually call my friend's parents to ask them if they wanted to hang out and stuff like that. And I definitely, I, pr I probably haven't made that direct correlation that that has really helped me make phone calls and be outgoing and stuff like that moving forward. Um, but I think that's the... 
Yeah, I was going to say, Nick, like, like, if you think about it, there was probably sometimes you, you called your friend's parents and they said, no, you have to figure it out. You know what I mean? And and like you have to figure it out. What like maybe they said maybe you asked you know can can little Jimmy come over for a couple of hours? They said no, and you said okay. Can it be an hour? And they said no. You said okay. Can it be ten minutes? You know what I mean? Like you had to figure it out. And also, even if they outright said Nick, never call us. Like no, he's not allowed to come today. You heard a no, and you understood that. Okay, the next time you did it, you probably got a yes. Maybe you figured it out. Maybe you didn't even put it together. But if you think back, you probably did, which is, oh, maybe I have to call at a different time or 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 maybe I have to ask a different way. Right. And you could tell, like, you're a natural at what you're doing now. A lot of it probably came with working out, working those muscles at a much earlier age. Yeah. And I th- and I think. I think one of the biggest things is that some people don't realize the importance of those small little things because I feel like a parent or somebody else, when they don't make one phone call, they're like, oh, what's not making that one phone call really going to do me? But then they don't realize that it happens again and then again and then again. And then it doesn't, they don't realize that 10 years, 15, however long down the road, that the lack of follow through and the lack of doing those small things consistently over a long period of time has actually set them back. It's actually the small things that add up, right? That, like, like when you talk about the phone calls, um, you know, I, I lead an organization here of salespeople and, and I have 34 realtors and uh, 10 support staff. And my, my realtors, uh, the ones that we have now, they, they built up that muscle. But I've seen a lot of people come and go in, our, in, in, in this industry of real estate, but in sales and service in general, as I mentioned, it's been 20, a total of 25 years for me, right? And so they say, if you do something for 10,000 hours, you've mastered it. I had my team go back and look at kind of the hours. I'm not probably at like 22, 23,000 hours. I'm not saying any of that to impress anyone. It's, it's really to impress upon people, like where all this data is coming from, for me. And so the people that like the, the people that, that, that come into uh, this industry, why they pro- why they leave is because they never built up the self-confidence to make phone calls to meet people. Like we're talking specifically about phone calls, but like in sales, in business, you gotta be okay to meet people. And some will like you and some won't. Like I hear it sometimes, like I hate people i'm like what are you doing in this business like <laughs> it's all about people in fact more than like like i'm I, and i'm not trying to say like get out of the business just so you get out of the business but i'm like go find what you really like to do because see when i'm doing paperwork for example that i hate so i delegated it out in fact i had a computer for 2 years now i haven't touched a computer yet because i just knew i was wasting time and i'm not a good typer and take, like i still type like this and so i said i'm going to do everything from my phone because all i want to do is talk to people and so the phone was the for me the best way to do it and and or i want to meet people face to face and so everything else i either got rid of like completely through delegation or i just realized that i don't need to do it so, for example, there's a bunch of shelves behind me here. I didn't put up one of them, Nick. Like, jazz is not somebody that you should give a hammer to, right, or any tools. And so I know that about myself. And so instead of instead of trying to do it, I got somebody else to do it. Okay, in fact, our, my co-host actually put, she put everything up. She got the tool belt, did it all. Um, and and she, she reminds me of it on a regular basis. But what I was doing in that time was thinking of new ideas on how to get business. Because that's my talent 
but it's also something that gets my juices flowing. Right. And so if 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 you don't want to ever make phone calls or you don't like people and business is not your thing, that's okay. Don't judge yourself. Don't judge somebody else about it. Go do what will keep you up late at night and get you and spring you out of bed in the morning because it's coming from like I want people to really hear this, that for me, it has been the most fulfilling and gratifying feeling of all time because I get to, I get to like tap dance into work. And I call it like, you know, I'm doing air quotes because it really isn't work. It's really a hobby. And I get that feeling every single day. Now I'm in the client service business. So there's times where I have to put out fires and all that kind of stuff. And, but I understand that's just part of the process. Yeah, no, I like that. I think that was a really good transition into how you need to spend time doing what you're passionate about. Don't spend time doing the things that you hate. And I think one of the reasons why so many people spend time doing things that they don't like or that isn't their passion is because they they're, they end up defining, they end up taking somebody else's definition of success and adopting it for themselves. And so I think that's one of the, the one of the biggest faults of a lot of people because of social media and TV and all that stuff is that somebody thinks like, okay, that must be success. So that's what I'm going to chase after. And then after a while, they're like, oh crap, it's not actually what I want. I spent all this time doing the wrong thing that I'm not actually passionate about. So I talk a lot about defining your own version of success and going after that. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree with you anymore, Nick, because for me anyway, success means getting to do what you want to do every single day, right? And so I, I, I always think of uh, uh, the middle the middle brother. Um, he, 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 he's not into business. He wouldn't think about opening, like going into, uh, be, be, sorry, becoming an entrepreneur or becoming self-employed or any of that. Like, in fact, if my, myself and my eldest brother, um, were kind of cut from the same cloth, if we come up with a new investment strategy or new investment idea or a new business, the middle brother just tunes out because for him, for him, he is very, very happy and he's very successful, but not in the traditional sense of uber wealthy. He doesn't care about any of that. He has three kids, two daughters and, uh, and a son. He gets to see them five hours a day, gets to spend tons of time with them. He's probably in, in, in happiness most when obviously he's with them. But aside from that, when he's cutting everyone's grass, like he cuts like four or five people's grass in the area. Doesn't He's not charging them for it, but he has his headphone on, his headphones on. He has a beer while he's doing it and he's relaxed. He looks at myself and my brother and says, you guys are crazy. Like, wow, what's with these 13, 14 hour days and, 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 and dealing with clients and all that. And for myself, it's oxygen. Like for me, I wouldn't be able to breathe if I wasn't able to do this. Like when I go on vacation with my wife and kids and my wife knows this. And so I say it all the time for the first couple of days, it's a lot of work. Like, cause as I mentioned, I got a six year old and a four year old. Like I'm not used to, uh, I'm not used to the, the, the crying and all that. I'm daddy. Dad gets to come home. And my wife does a fantastic job with what she does with the kids. Um, but I get to generally come home and, 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 and be the, the lovable guy and throw them around and we get to play around. But on vacation, it's not like that. Cause now daddy's there all day. And so for me, that feels like work where I'm, when I'm in this setting, it's, it's like not a minute is really, I'm never really working 
because it's not that big of a deal. Like I don't take myself so seriously. And I understand because it took me a while to deal with my insecurities as well. Right. And my insecurities were that, okay, I'm not, I'm not educated in a, from a formal uh, uh, school perspective. I also, you know, I might have a stutter sometimes. I might, I might not be able to articulate my thoughts or, or I'm very passionate. Some people, as I mentioned earlier, doesn't, don't like that. Um, I can't spell, like I can't spell whatsoever. I'm really bad at spelling. Um, and so I, it took me a while to get over that. But man, when I did, the world, the world deserves to see my uniqueness, Nick's uniqueness, and anybody who's listening. In fact, it's quite, in my opinion, anyways, it's quite, it's a huge disservice. It's a huge disservice if you don't allow the world to see your uniqueness. Because think about it, like, who do we admire the most? Like, you know, for me, I, I, I'm here in Canada and Toronto, so we're big hockey fans as well. Um, so Sidney Crosby, you know, you, for me, like in basketball, it's always was and still till this day will be Kobe Bryant, um, Beyonce. We all admire the people that went all in on their uniqueness. So if you admire all these people, you realize that they breathe the same air as we do. They put their pants on one leg at a time. Why wouldn't you let the world see your uniqueness and let the world come to you? Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. And I love how you said the world deserves to see what your uniqueness is, because I truly believe that it's everybody's responsibility to become the best version of themselves, the best version of you, not the best version of any, of anybody else. And I could talk about that, uh, that stuff for days, but well, uh, be able to, cause the podcast is called the best you so. saw. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So for sure, for sure. Um, but I want to kind of get back to a little bit of, of you and, and, and your kind of career timeline, if you will. So you said you were in, in, in the banking for about two, two and a half years and did some other stuff in, in sales and service. When did you make the, the jump to real estate and and what sparked you to make that jump? So about 15 years ago, exactly. Yeah. Um, 15 years ago, exactly. I made the jump into real estate. I was in car sales for three years. Um, loved that business. Um and and if if for any reason I got tired of real estate, I can't see that happening. But if I ever did, I, I would probably go back into cars. It's just a fun business. I, you get you have a bunch of characters that you work with. Um, but at that time, I started to feel like there was kind of a ceiling and a cap on me. Um, I always envisioned bigger things. I, I'm, I'm a very ambitious person by nature, and excuse me, I envisioned that I was going to be able to create more wealth. And, and for me, it was always going to be done through real estate. And, and because I just have a lot of family members, I sold cars to, to guys and gals that, that were real estate agents, but they were also real estate investors. And so that always sparked my interest, right? Even, even as a kid, my, we always had like our basement apartment rented. I understood the math behind it because my father was a taxi driver. My mother was a factory worker. There wasn't a lot of house, like there wasn't the household income wasn't that large with three boys as well. Um, we didn't live lavishly, but we also like didn't live poor. We were very middle class, right? And so I understood that real estate was going to be the vehicle for me. In fact, it was only going to be from the perspective of investing in real estate. So I signed up for the course thinking I was going to learn about investing into real estate. But as I opened up the books, this was like, oh, how to become a real estate agent. I was like, oh, okay. Didn't, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go through with this because I have the background in sales. I started to also feel that cap in terms of income in car sales. You can probably hit that threshold of six figures and 
don't get me wrong, six figures is a huge number, but I always wanted more, right? And, and, and guys that were there for 15, 16 years, that's kind of the number that they were flirting with. And I was like, man, I don't see myself being here for that long to earn that income. And so um, I made the jump into real estate and, and I started off with uh, uh, a mentor uh, who took me under his wing, um, pretty much was working for free for him. In fact, I mean, now looking back at it, I would have paid him all with everything he taught me. I also had a fantastic mentor, the owner at the car dealership. Same thing, like I would have paid him for all the stuff he taught me. Um, and then in, uh, going back to real estate, um, I, I worked for this gentleman underneath his wing for two years, stuck with him and his company and, 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 and started to kind of uh, uh, make my way into growing my real estate business. And then, uh, you know, now at 15 years later, I got my own team with a business partner of uh, 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 34 realtors, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you talked about how you were kind of under this guy's wing uh, in real estate for a couple of years. And a lot of my audience is relatively younger. And like I talked talk to you beforehand, self-improvement focused, and they're probably working for somebody else right now. And because everybody has, a lot of the listeners have that sort of drive, they're wanting something more. And yeah people who often have that drive are impatient with the process and they they, want to make that jump now or they may they want to start their own business now they want to create their own real estate firm now what's the balance between being patient with the process and being like okay pump the brakes versus like it's time to take the jump look i think i think if you you'll know it you'll feel it when when you should make the jump and um if you're unsure of it, I think the best advice I can give you is if you're working at a place, but you want to be like, you want to have your own business, do show that you can do it. Mm-hmm. Show yourself, not anybody else. Show yourself. So what do I mean by that? You're working at a, in a nine to five. Okay. Come home, do your thing, get some rest, whatever, but you still got time. Okay. You got five hours, let's call it six hours probably, but let's just say five hours at least get to at least, and this is very tactical. So at least get to 50% of the income that you're making in your full-time job with this, with this side job, let's call it side hustle job. Okay. And then at least you can, then at least you've shown yourself that you can do it. Like you can at least get to 50% with only working 50% of the time. Okay. Because then in my opinion, at that time, then you should probably get rid of the job that you're at and go all in on your side business and make that your full business because now you'll be able to put, because I don't care what business you're getting into, you're going to need to put in 12, 13, 14 hours a day. That's just how it is. So you might as well do it now, like work your nine to five and then still put in the time into the side hustle because for whatever you want, whatever business you want to grow for it to, if you're ambitious and you want to, you want to take it to, you know, a big heights, then, then, then you have to work those long hours. Start now, get the income to 50%, make sales. Like, like if you're, in, if you're selling something, show that you can sell something like, and that's the cool thing with sales. That's what I love because results speak for itself. Like I get a lot of people around me speak, like talking a big game, but it's just like, all right, great. Show me, show me, you can sell a book. Show me, you can sell a calculator, like take this calculator and sell it to somebody. Like, let's see you sell the product or service. Show yourself, as I'm saying, as I said before, get it to 50% and then leave that job and then go all in on your side business. 
Mm, I like that. I like that super practical advice. Um, so I want to make the jump to talking a little bit about leadership. Um, yeah. You started about, you said about 15 years ago. Now you've grown your team to about 34 other uh, realtors, maybe 10 other support staff. What have you learned through your own experience about how to lead people in terms of what maybe have you screwed up doing in terms of your interactions with maybe people on your team and be like, oh, I need to do this differently? Yeah, I put, I put, I put people in the wrong positions um, in, early on. Um, I, I never was like a demanding person from the perspective of like, Nick, you're my employee, work you work for me then work your ass off and shut up and sit there. That's not who, that's never been in my nature. I'm not that person. Um, so what, one thing I had always going for me and it's really playing itself out is, is I've always been like, Nick, what do you need, man? Like, how can I help? Um, how can I help do this with you? Um, I, I can tell Nick that you're having a bad day. I'm a very good sense of people. Like, if Tyler, he's my air traffic controller, kind of my one of my directors, and he comes in, one of my senior people, the, the, the way that he says hi to me, like, you know, now during COVID, he gives me a little pound, and uh, uh, I can tell. The way that he says my name, I know that he's not, because 99.9% .9 of the time, he comes in very positive, ready to rock. Like, we have a saying around here, okay, like, what are we doing new today? Well, we're just trying to take over the world like we always are. It's kind of the, the running joke, uh, like Animaniac. Same thing we did yesterday. Binky trying to take over the world, right? And so we, 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 uh, the way that he comes in, I already kind of have an idea if I can, if this is going to be a day where I can push with him, or it's going to be a day where, you know, I'm not going to push him a little bit. I'm going to give him a couple of hours to settle in, or it might be a full day. Um, and if it goes on for two days, we're going to have a conversation. Like in fact, just before we started this, it's so funny that you asked this question and I'm talking specifically with Tyler. Tyler had a baby three months ago, I believe it is now, little baby girl and, and him and I, and it was his birthday uh, at the start of the month, the 2nd of September. Um, and him and I didn't, because he was off with his, his, his wife and the baby, him and I didn't do our normal lunch and drinks and we didn't do that. So I just asked him right now, I was like, Ty, when can we go for lunch? And he's like, oh, for my birthday, don't worry, Jazz. I was like, no, not only for your birthday, man, you and I just haven't had lunch together in a while. I miss you, right? And so I, I, I make sure I do that on a regular basis. My, my creative director just walked in and he's leaving for the day. They know I don't micromanage them, but they let me know when they come in and then they let, they let me know when they're leaving. Not because I'm the boss. It's more of like, well, you know, when you walk into your house, you probably acknowledge your 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 siblings or your father. Or, hey, fa hey, dad, you don't necessarily go up and hug them and kiss them all the time. But there's an acknowledgement of respect when I come in. They might be already in, very rare that somebody gets in before me like that. That's just who I am. I like to come in really early, but I'm going to acknowledge them. And, and for the rest of the day, like, look, you're here. We have a lot of fun. Get your job, get your work done. I don't expect you to be obsessed like myself because you don't get paid. You don't take home the money that I take home. This is not necessarily like your baby. I get that. I want you to make it yours. I want you to own it, take ownership of it and, and do the best that you can. But I, I'm not stupid. I understand that you're not getting paid like I am. Do your best that you possibly can and understand that you're allowed to have bad days. And you're allowed to make a lot of mistakes around here, just not the same ones over and over. Because 
that's just laziness. And that's, that's just disrespectful to the rest of the team. And so very, very conscious, Nick, of how Tyler plays in the sandbox with Steven, uh, my creative director, my director of sales and marketing, Laura Stewart. I need to make sure that she plays well. Like I know what also makes them makes them happy for a lack of a better word. So for example, with Laura, if she's just having a bad day, we, we say, yeah, let's have a burger day. You know, cause that's her favorite. I just know that's her favorite. I go very deep with my people. I know, I know a lot about them. I, I'm always checking in on them. I would say 60% of 65% of my day is just checking in on my team because, because I think once they're good, once I know they're good, we're a very deadly organization because of the people, the culture, the environment allows for a lot of mistakes. It allows for a lot of freedom. It allows for a lot of creativity because we we're, we create a lot of content that produces a lot of sales for us and, and relationships that, that, that I want to make sure that they, they, they understand that there's no cap on create creativity around here. You also are very empowered to, 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 if you, if you're speaking with one of our clients and like, we just had it happen a couple of days ago, was, uh, uh, Laura was speaking with one of our clients. She heard that their cousin, I believe passed away. They're not checking in with me to go spend 50, $60 on some flowers and send it in. You do that on your own. Like, and nor am I going to look at the credit card bill and be like, who sent the flowers and why? You know what I mean? It's, it's, you do this. It's why we're able to move very quickly. I don't know if you can see it behind me. There's a sign there that says ready, fire, aim. Yeah. It's something that we like to do. We like to talk about a lot here, which is like, just get started, get moving, like keep trying things. We'll figure out how accurate we are as we go on. We'll adjust will adjust if we went too far left to the target. I, I believe speed, in, like in sports, we were talking a little off air about our favorite football teams and speed generally kills in sports. Like it is the intangible. In business, it's the same thing. Now, that sign says ready, fire, aim. That doesn't mean that don't ever aim because a lot of people are, are hitting me up on social saying, well, you can't just not be strategic. I'm like, I never said that. Yeah, I said, make sure that, like get started. Don't fall into paralysis by analysis. Yeah, no, I I really like that. How you, I feel like everybody listening is be like, I want to work for him. Uh, they're like, you get, well, yeah, man, yeah. I think I think the culture that we set up here is um, of one, and this really comes down to all the places that I worked. I, I because I've been in a lot of places for for not like like I haven't had a job ever for like two months. You know, that's just not who I ever was. I was always at a place for minimum of two years. And so I got to know the managers, my direct reports. If it was in, like in the banking, it's more of a corporate kind of world. Um, the ones that I connected with, the ones that I would run through a wall for were the ones that cared about me, mm. right? It wasn't like, just you do your job today? Like, I don't think I've ever asked any of my guys at all the time. So somebody listening and watching would be like, well, you're an idiot because... I don't do it like that. Like, I don't ask if hey, did you get your job done today. I expect it. Like you're here. We're doing this together. We we have a lot of fun, but we also don't lose sight that we have a lot of work. They know that the jet like I rub off on people, right? Like and 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 they're wanting more now out of their lives. Like, look, I think I think the best compliment that I've gotten and that I will get is when my 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 people that have been with me for a while when they leave. 
And, and I mean that from the perspective of when they leave for to do what they're truly passionate about, which might be to start their own, to be the best of themselves, right? And we were talking about this earlier, Nick, that, that, that once they realize that, you know what, I want more jazz. To me, that would be the best compliment because I might have had like a 0.5, 0.2% part in it. And then I know I, 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 knew, I, I, know I did my job. Yeah, I love it. And, and one of the things I've been thinking about in regards to you and, and your, your team and everything like that, I don't know if you've ever heard of the book called The Speed of Trust by Stephen M. R. Covey, but it's, a, it's an awesome book. It's a New York Times bestseller, and it talks about how like one of the most important things in the workplace is trust, and it's not just this soft topic. It's this topic that is super hard, and it actually has monetary returns, and, and teams that don't trust each other actually are costing themselves millions and millions of dollars and and so you guys are are definitely doing it right i truly yeah um and i know which book you're talking about i definitely know the author you're talking about uh um author of uh, seven habits of highly effective uh, people i mean this guy's uh stephen covey is is definitely on the mount rushmore of business and self-development books and so um uh, uh talking about the speed of trust for me i I actually, that's the only thing that I can hang my hat on that I spend a lot of time with, with, with my, with my coworker, like my colleagues here, um, because I believe in it so much. I think it's so important to allow people to make mistakes, make them feel comfortable. Um, and that's really what we do well here is just make people feel comfortable. You know, I get it. I, I do hear it. And, and, and sometimes I hear it from my own business partner. Love him. I mean, that's, it's a guy that's been in the trenches with me for 15 years. Um, and he's not that person necessarily. He's not the touchy feely person. Right. Um, he's very like the way that he works is very regiment and, 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 it's uh, and for our business we need that because I'm so out there and I'm so on the offense. He gets to, he plays defense and he does a damn great job at it. Um, but I'm the touchy feely guy, and it'll be like sometimes like, what are you doing? Like, why are you spending so much time? I'm like, it's gonna pay off in ten years. Yeah, in ten years it's gonna it's actually gonna pay off, and we're gonna be here in ten. We're gonna be here for the next fifty years. Why not invest in people? Like, it, it's just gonna pay off in the long run. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, Jazz, I, I bring people on the podcast who I feel like have done an awesome job up to this point in their life, getting closer to the best version of themselves, and they're constantly working on getting closer and closer. And like we've talked about up to this point, everybody has a uniqueness or somebody has a superpower, and, and yours, obviously, at least one of them is connecting with people and building relationships, whether it's when you were 12 and 13 selling newspapers, whether it was when you were working at a bank for two and three years, or whether it's building trust with your team, you know how to connect with people. So if somebody was to come up with you or come up to you and be like, I just have a, a problem connecting with other individuals. I have a problem connecting with my boss, connecting with my other coworkers, connecting with my significant other, whoever it is, what's maybe like one or two practical things that you would advise them to start doing with that other individual so that they can start connecting at a higher level? Go to that relationship with the play with the mindset of giving because most people get into interactions and relationships with the mindset of taking and so if you go there giving and you give and can do it consistently without and and I'm not trying like 
I want to make sure nobody hears this, Nick, as 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 a manipulative tactic or something like that, right? Like it's 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 actually just I wake up in the morning and I ask myself the same question. I've been doing it for 20 years is how am I going to bring value to the most people today? Because I know by by bringing value to people, bringing value to the marketplace, it will all come back. See, I already start with the place in the place that I got way more than I ever signed up for anyways. Like I'm not only born and raised in Toronto, but I'm born and raised in in the north part of Toronto in an area called Rexdale that is not the is not the area where you see a lot of a lot of business leaders come out of uh, uh, entrepreneurs, uh, people in leadership. You don't see a lot of that. In fact, actually, it's funny. Yeah, I, I know you're in Nashville. Uh, PK Subban uh, actually is from the, the area that I'm from. Okay, mm. exactly. Like he literally, he grew up. I don't know, six, seven minute drive, eight minute drive. Okay, um, and so it's not the area that's the most. It, it's not the most positive environment, and so. What I realized is, is if I can, if somebody else has done what I wanted to do, then I can just reverse engineer that. Like it's already been done. Right. And so what I would tell people is go to the place to go to the relationship to, to give and then do that on a consistent basis every single day and understand that at first it's going to be very uncomfortable because it's not in your comfort zone. Everything that you ever want in your life is right outside your comfort zone. Like I can probably be yourself, Nick, like the first time you were going to do a podcast, you were like, holy, I don't know if I can swear, but holy crap. I, what? I got to turn on the mic. Somebody's going to hear my voice. You're not comfortable. Then you did it. And then you did it a second time. And you're like, okay. And then you start to feel more comfortable. And then what happened with your comfort zone, it got stretched. Right. And so it was everything you wanted, which was to start a podcast at that time, was just right outside that comfort zone. And so you have to con- do it consistently. Start off with going in, going with the, uh, starting off with the mindset that you're going into this relationship to, to give, give, ask. Hey, like, okay, for example, you use the boss situation, Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Boss, how can I be like, what's your pain point today? What's your pain point this past week? What's the pain point in the organization? Because if, if, especially if that boss has a boss, they're getting reamed at about something. They're getting told everything. But if your boss is the owner of a business, even better. Great. Where's the pain point in the business? I want to help. Hmm. Right away, the boss now is listening like, holy crap. Like, you're coming to me without asking. For, yeah, and it's not going like, it's not going, again, you can't go there to take, which means that, so what can I do for you, Mr. and Mrs. Boss? And then how much are you going to pay me for it? That's not what I'm talking about. If you're going there and say, what is your pain point? How can I bring you value? How can I be of service? Do that consistently. You watch that relationship change over time. Yeah. I promise you it will change over time. Yeah. I love that. I love that advice. I definitely think loved going in with uh, the idea that you're going to give rather than take uh, because I, I do feel like so many people have uh, have that other mindset uh in, in their head, unfortunately. But I want to make sure I get down to the last few questions and I'm uh, respectful of your time. I would be remiss if I didn't ask. You probably get asked a decent amount of times. But your podcast, um, you've had some amazing people on. Uh, I watched full episode with Gary Vee, a little bit with Kevin Harrington, some awesome stuff. You're a great interviewer and also obviously have some awesome guests. What are some of the biggest things that you've learned since having the podcast? Um, that, that, you know, so, so my podcast 
talks to like my listeners are majority real estate investors and entrepreneurs and people in like that want to learn more about leadership, very similar to yours as well, Nick. Um, and what I learned over all the interviews I've done, I think I'm at like 120 episodes or something like that now, um, is that no matter what we like, there's so much crossover between, between uh, real estate people and entrepreneurs and really anybody that's hit success, success in, 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 in what we were talking about earlier, like happiness, finding happiness. And it was taking that leap of faith. It was, it was, they, the, everyone was scared. Every single interview, every single person, like even, even the people that have never been on my podcast and all the investors and real estate purchasers that I help like now some of them have a hundred doors or, 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 you know, now they have their 11th door, but damn, I remember when they were getting their first, I remember when I was getting my first property, I was shaking to sign Gary, you know, one of my bigger uh, uh, podcast episodes with, with Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, when he started, he was scared. Like he was starting a new business, Grant Cardone. I don't know how many, like, I think he's a $1.8 billion worth of real estate. The first property he bought, he was scared. I actually asked him, what do you, you know, what, what are you scared of now nowadays? He's like, everything. He's like, Jazz, anything I do, I'm scared shitless, man. Like I, I start a new business, I'm still scared, you know? And so that is the overwhelming theme. In fact, what I did is I transcribed all my 120 episodes and then I did a, a what is it called? Like a word count or something like that. And 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 what came up the most was taking action and taking a leap of faith. Mm, I love those things. I love those things. And because one of the things that you try to do is you provide content that allows people to remove the friction so that they can pursue their dreams. And I, and I, one of the things I was going to ask was, what do you mean by removing friction? But essentially I feel like you just answered it. It's everybody, everybody has some sort of friction, some, some sort of fear that they need to overcome. And that's the biggest obstacle that everybody has to achieving whatever their version of success is. Yeah. So give me a sec here. Da, 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 there you go. There is, Sign removing mind. friction all right so there's a reason for that yes exactly what you said um, i'm actually writing a book and it's gonna it's titled uh, removing friction getting out of your own way mm. so what you just said was perfect I, like i just find we get in our own way with insecurities um and like when i was speaking about the insecurities earlier and and let me just uh come back to me here because i like seeing myself too yeah. um uh, uh, when we were speaking about insecurities earlier once i became my my best self and and became authentic the world came to me man like like i'm talking to nick from nashville right now like what the heck is going on in my life like it's awesome you know like and i did a podcast three months ago with this 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 girl reem in in saudi arabia and then i did one with a guy in africa and i'm like holy crap and the more that i'm myself the more the world wanted to see it and so i want and that's why i'm coming out with this book and that's why there's a sign removing friction which is remove all those insecurities, and I promise you, whatever you want in this world, and I and 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 I don't want people sitting there like, oh my God, it's all about money. No, you know, money's awesome because it can buy you freedom, and it can it can buy you time with your family, and it can do a lot of great things. But I'm just talking about being happy. I'm just talking about being happy, smiling. Like, look at Nick's face. Look at my face. It's a great feeling. And then you can help others. You know, like we we. 
most of us feel best about ourselves when we help others. And so it's why I say it's actually selfish. It's actually selfish if you're listening or watching right now, if you are not becoming the best you because you're not allowing other people to feel good about themselves. Mm. Amen to that. Amen to that. Because that's one of the things I say so much of the time. Don't become the best version of yourself for you. Do it for other people because that's who it's really going to end up benefiting the most. Because I truly believe it's like one of one of my parts of like my, my mission is that when individuals become the best version of themselves, their family, their community, and the world end up being better off for it. And that's why I think it's it's so important. So you really hit the nail on the head right there. I love it, Jazz. I love it. Um, well, before I ask the last question, I want to acknowledge you for defining success for yourself and not letting those things like not very great in school, um, not uh, or maybe having a little bit of a stutter, not being able to spell very well and all those things, not letting those things hold you back and not letting that friction stop you from taking a leap of faith. Uh, I think it's super special and your positivity is second to none. Um, I think everybody listening to this episode can feel that and can hear that and they're going to want to uh, follow you even more. So I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for, 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 for those kind words, Nick, man. Uh, um, I'm having a blast. Um, I get to, I get to do this on a regular basis. It is, you know, even like three, four years ago, I, I could never have imagined this. I could never have imagined um, speaking to people um, with so much, like just, I did it, like there's no care, you know, like, because I'm just being myself. And if you like me, that's awesome. Let's connect. Let's let's talk. Let's get in, can, like let's try to build a relationship. And if you hate everything that came out of my mouth today, that's okay. You won't waste any time, any more time on me. Go waste time on yourself. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, uh, before I ask the last question again, I want to. Everybody's going to want to go get more of you. A, a lot of people I know well. Um, so make sure you guys go to jazztakar.ca, uh, which is J-A-S-T-A-K-H-A-R.ca, and I'll have it linked up in the show notes. Make sure you go to his Instagram, at jazztakar13, and Facebook, jazztakar, and then make sure you go uh, listen to his podcast, the REC Experience Podcast, everywhere you can listen to podcasts, YouTube, uh, and anywhere you can find audio. Anywhere else that people should go to go to find you? Yeah, man, I just started a pretty cool new text community. Um, uh, it works right across the world. The, the, the number there is uh, uh, 647-372-0126. 647-372-0126. I would love, I mean, there's no cost for it. I would love for somebody to be uh, a part of the community and ask questions. Um, if you're having a bad day and you just need Maybe uh, uh, you have a question or, or you just need a, a little kick in the ass that we all do. I would love to have the opportunity to be that for you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I can't, be, uh, can't wait to be a part of the text community myself. Well, Jazz, the last question is, I think that getting closer to the best version of yourself is a constant journey, and I think it's a unique journey. I think that the way that I'm going to get closer to the best version of myself is going to be a little bit different than the way that you get closer to the best version of yourself. So for you personally, if there are three things that you can currently do or three things that you can currently work on to get closer to that best version of yourself, to get closer to that best version of Jazz Takar, what are those three things that you could do or work on? Um, number one would be my health. I've been trying to get a, a, a much better hack at um, just being healthy. I don't want to be healthier necessarily for, for, for like 
to have the six pack and all that kind of stuff. Just so, just so I feel stronger. Like I, I just want to feel the strength. I have a lot of energy. Um, it's not from an energy perspective. There's nothing really like, I'm sure that there's a lot of health benefits and I, like in terms of getting energy, but I, I can bring it. And so I'm not worried about that. I just want to feel strength. I, I want to feel stronger. Um, number two would, would be to spend some more time with uh, uh, my two boys, uh, my six year and four year, four year old. As I mentioned earlier, I was a son of a, a taxi driver. I am a son, sorry, of a taxi driver and, and a factory worker. And my father, when you work airport taxi, you, you, you work for 22 hours like in one day straight and then you have a day off and then the day off you sleep most of it because you just work 22 hours straight and so I didn't get to see my father often but you know not to, like there's not a day that goes by that he never gave me love and I, I like I'm not I never come at it from that perspective so I know my kids will understand that daddy was living his passion and he's working his ass off and I try my best to get home at at, at certain times but I, I just need to like I'm working on finding a better hack at, at how can I get home for Friday at four o'clock instead of eight o'clock, right? And so I'm rearranging my schedule. And then number three would be, I want to I wanna grow with more people. I also want to grow with more people in terms of my organization. And so I take on a lot of interns um, because, because, you know, the, the interns are generally a lot younger. Um, and so I'm, I'm bringing them on. They don't have a lot of bad habits. And so it gives me some time to mold. And, and so I, I think I, what I would want to do is, is grow my organization a little bit bigger. That's awesome. Well, three great things, Jazz. I appreciate it. Uh, it was awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Nick. Of course, of course. There you have it. What an episode. The amount of positive energy that Jazz brought was so special and so unique. I hope you're ready to run through a wall right now. Make sure you share this episode with a friend or family member who you think would get something from it and be inspired by it. There's so much in here that your friend or family member could use. He talks about the importance of chasing down your version of success and the importance of taking a leap of faith. These are things that are so important and everyone can relate to. Be sure to send your friend or family member to www.nickcarrier.com slash podcasts slash jazz to get the audio, the YouTube video, and the show notes. Remember to go into your conversations with others with the mindset of giving. In order to build a better connection with anybody, whether it's your boss, your spouse, a coworker, a family member, it's so important to talk with them with the mindset of giving. Provide value to them. Help them have a better day. Help them get closer to their goals. The relationship is sure to flourish from there. For now, it's time. It's time to take action. The world deserves the best version of you. Everyone around you deserves the best version of you, so take responsibility for not depriving them of that. Find your uniqueness and spend time doing that. Take a leap of faith. Go beyond your comfort zone and remove the friction because that's what's going to allow you to get closer and closer to your best you.